Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. Okay, joining me on the podcast today, we have Coach Tamika Williams-Jeter. You're all familiar with her. So, Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I want to start, um, you know, we'll, we'll obviously dive into to Dayton in your coaching career, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't start with a couple of UConn questions for you. So, uh, you know, as you've had some time to, you know, be out of your playing time at UConn, I'm curious uh, to start with this one. What's the highlight of your time at UConn? Um, definitely. Oh man, there's a lot of them. <laughs> I would probably say the highlight, um, the feel good highlight of course was senior year going undefeated and winning it all. Um, mm-hmm. that's cool. And that's probably the expected answer, but I think the highlight was my freshman year losing and going through what we went through from a, like how we wanted to lead when we got to that space, um, watching someone go through a major injury because none of us had gone through that. Sue was the first to really mm-hmm. go through something that was, you know, we end up all having to do it. Um, and then there was a change of, um, of style of play really for coach, you know, that was, you know, you see him writing his book when he had his nervous breakdown. That was my freshman year because, you know, it's hard to go from um, Rebecca Lobo and 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 um, um, Carol Walters and and Jim Rosati to uh, Sue Bird, Swing Cash, Tamika, and and Asia Jones. It's just a different. And two years later, you get even more crazy when you add Tarasi to the mix, right? So I think what, everything we learned in that space, and even from him, his his space, because he was still you know a younger coach trying to figure it out. Um, where our conference was moving. You know, I, I really push people back when they say, oh, you know, you went to UConn. It, it meant a lot. It was a lot different then. But now I'm like, yeah, yeah. We, I went to a really strong mid-major. And they look at me like I'm crazy. It's a mid-major. <laughs> you know, I so said, we were being recruited. People said, you going up there, that crazy Italian dude, to a mid-major, you know? And so um, at the time, um, I think the highlight, that was that was the highlight. It was most people's low light, but it was a highlight for yeah. coach to his own and where he wanted to um, take the game. Um, you know, nothing's guaranteed because we had just finished off the Nikisha Sales era of freshman year glory, you know, um, um, national championship to barely being able to, to break the scoring record. And he made it a point to make sure we knew that it was precious. Mm-hmm. And uh, expectation, we were the first to come in with the expectation to win because of what they did in the past. That was a highlight because we figured out the formula. So I know you talked about UConn being a, a different place at, at the time when you were there. Um, I'm sure you're very familiar now with, with having to do a bunch of recruiting. I, I'm curious, what, what was the pitch like to you at that time to come to UConn? Because I'm sure it's extremely different now than it was then. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, not necessarily coaches pitch, you know, people I say, why did you go? Coach was the only person that told me I was horrible at certain things. And I loved it. You know, everybody else in the country, I think with everybody in our class and coaches are just geared that way, especially at that time They, you know, I could say, Hey, I want to start a point guard. And, oh yeah. You could be point. They were canceled off the list. You know, um, I go to coach and he'd be like, 
Man, you let that kid from nowhere, America, get five offensive rebounds on you and it'd be an AU game in a back gym in, you know, in Orlando, Florida. And I'm pissed off. You know, I can't wait for the next time to play a game just to call him and say, oh, yeah, the, you know, the person I, I guarded, she only had one offensive rebound. It was when I wasn't in the game, you know, because I yeah. would, you know, fill up the stats. Then, you know, then the next time he called, it would come up with something new. You know, I'm thinking he's going to hit me on rebound. No, you, you, you let that kid from no, you know, so that's where his pitch was all on. You want to win an Astro championship. He couldn't guarantee it. Mm-hmm. You got to at Summit at the time. This is what, this was her pitch at the time, which is unbelievable. You will, you will play USA basketball. You will be an all American and you will win at least one national championship in your four years. That's what she said when she came in my house. And at that time, that was the guarantee. He couldn't guarantee that. So um, it looks different. I think more on official visits now you can do a lot. You can't do as much as you did then. You mm-hmm. know, back then, coach, every time they, you know, I went to Ohio State just in a private jet from Dayton to Columbus. Yeah. Coach sent me some toothpicks that formed a plane, a paper, a, a wooden plane <laughs> in the mail. I mean, that's how drastic you can do it. I went to, you know, somewhere else, uh, you know, and he sent me a, a little paper cross for touchdown Jesus after my Notre Dame visit, you know. So he, you know, I remember going there and it was a blizzard. And, you know, I had already loved the people and the people were great. We didn't have a practice facility till here lately at Connecticut. Yeah. You know, people forget that thing just got built, you know, when everybody, I mean, you know, I was at Ohio State when we were on our second, you know, so the people made it. And I was the only stupid kid that called every day, Monday through Friday. I called their office every day. He's going to tell you that. And they hated it, but I had to know. And in my life, the bad decisions I made were because the people were wrong. The great decisions I made were the people were right. And mm-hmm. Connecticut the first space leaving. And that's where the recruiting has changed. Now, everybody gets pictures and everybody gets everything. And, you know, you, 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 sometimes if, if the, if you can get the lights to hit the right direction, kids will go in that direction. And that's mm-hmm. why we have a cash report. Yeah. I, I'm curious going from your, your playing days, both, you know, from collegiate level and then professionally, when did you decide that, that coaching might be in your future? Was that something you always had an interest in or was it something that came, you know, maybe later in your career? I'm curious to determine Never. when that was something you thought about. Never. Never. I never wanted to go through what CD and JJ and Coach Tyler wanted to go through. Are you crazy? I remember when, when JJ had us, um, we would try to pull her a little bit of gray hairs. And I, I forget, like, JJ was probably close to 30, you know, when we played. And she was just starting to get gray hair. And I, I remember we would, you know, she, we would try to pull it out. She's like, don't pull it out. Like, three or four more would grow, you know. No, I didn't want to be in their space. You know, they become an extension of your parents, you know, big sis. Mm-hmm. No, who wants that? You know, um, when I went to Ohio State as a GA in my second year, I was in Phoenix and we were about to play a game like maybe that next night. And that's when Jim Foster had called me and said, hey, I know you've been a GA for a year, but we somebody left and I think you'd be a great coach. Now, had it been in any other state, I probably would have looked at it a little bit differently. I was mm-hmm. going on my way to Italy. My agent had got me a great deal. That was my thing. I wanted to play overseas. And he said, well, just my mom said, well, just do it for a year so you have something to fall back on. You This basketball thing is not going to be the world. And when he said it, I thought he was crazy because I was the same age as most of the players. Yeah. I played football, you know, for the, you know, I was, I was, I'm an April baby. So I probably could have been held back a little bit, you know. So most of those kids were, I had two that had ACL tears. We we're the same age. We played on the same AU team. Why would they listen to me? Yeah. And I remember calling CD and I said, before I'm, before anything major in my life, I mean, from 
my first coaching job to my father passing away, I called CD. And I called CD and I said, what's the worst thing about coaching? And she said, the absolute worst thing about coaching is when you want it more than the player. Mm. She said, when you get around players and, you know, you got a good core that wanted it, that's the worst thing to me about it. And after that, I was like, okay, if that's the worst thing, I'll figure it out. And, well, it is the worst thing. <laughs> but that's, that's how I got in. <laughs> and then I loved it after that. I'm going to take a quick break from the interview to tell you about my friends at Martin Rosol's Meats. This fourth-generation Connecticut family business produces kielbasa, hot dogs, sausages, and deli meats using Martin Rosol's very own original recipes. Their products can be found in grocery stores, delis, restaurants, and hot dog stands throughout the state. And if you're looking for your fill right away, check out their retail store in New Britain. For more information, visit martinrosolsinc.com and go support a Yukon fan-owned business. And now, back to the interview. Yeah, you've been at a, a, a number of stops, you know, on, on your journey here in coaching uh, before you got to, to Dayton. What have you taken away from the different places you've been at? And how has that shaped you now as a head coach at, at Dayton as you're thinking about putting your team together and goals for the season? As Sister Damien would always say, patience is a virtue. <laughs> High level of patience. Um, you know, working for different bosses has been phenomenal for me. I know some people who stay at spaces forever. That used to be the way, right? People work mm-hmm. one for their whole life. That's not the 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 space I'm in. Most of my changes came. I would have stayed at Ohio State forever, ever with Jim Foster. I got married, mm-hmm. um, and then I went with Lou Perkins, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> and Andrea Hootie, and you know you have all the who's who's Larry, everybody who left Connecticut that moment to go to Kansas. Yeah, that was extension of my family. That's not where I was going. I was going to go to Dallas and. Um, with my husband at the time. And I was always in, into an insurance. So that's kind of what I was going to do. Um, but Lou said, Hey, can you just come here to help Bonnie get this sparked? That's how I ended up there. Then I took off for a long time. Um, Rebecca Lobo calls and Doris Burke. I did ESPN for a little bit and this and a third. Then only reason I got back in is because I got to travel the world and my dad got really sick. And mm. I was just, it's always said, man, I wish you would have coached a little bit longer. So I called a couple of people and that's how I got back in in Kentucky. So the biggest thing I probably pull from it is life takes you a lot of places. Um, basketball has um, introduced me to some great relationships, moreover than anything else. Um, and then I just happen to be a majority of places I've gone and places I've been in my life. We've won. Um, and everybody skins the cat differently. Coming from Connecticut into a space when you play on an undefeated team. You're an angry person. I was angry my rookie year, just like Sue and everybody else was because we landed on bad teams because we were drafted so highly. Mm-hmm. And then Ohio State and at the time were the worst team in the Big Ten. It's hard to believe now, but we were, right? So you go to this undefeated Hall of Famer coach, probably didn't know it at the time, right, to these spaces of, you know, um, how are these people not perfect? Right. How are they not as talented as, you know, and you, now I'm thinking 20 years later, right? But how how can they not do what Sue can do? You know, how can they not be Swin? How are they not as good as Tarasi? Isn't everybody this good? No, Tamika, they're not. Sorry to break it to you, Jared. That wasn't, that's not reality, okay? That's what you figure out first. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, after that, it's just different schemes and different ways to recruit and um, different approaches to parents, different approaches to different good and bad situations with your student athletes. Um, how the game is changing. Are you going to be the one that says, man, kids are different. Forget them, you know, whatever. Are you going to be the one to say, hey, this is the world they live in and you got to right. make them happy. Right. And that's, you know, that's the approach. I've been seeing coach a little bit 
cooler, chiller, wearing jeans to practice, you know, all that. <laughs> I know it probably kills CD at this point, but like he, the reason why he is still has so much sustainability and he's maintained such a high level um, of competitive edge and, and high level players. And he's an older, you know, guy and he still can recruit at the level he does is because he's not afraid of change. He, he didn't let you guys ruffle his hair, did he? Oh, we rough. I mean, he went, he had his mental breakdown with us. So I can't, I don't know if any other team got to him the way we did, but you got to think after that, man, he, he was cooking. It was national championship after national championship. So like I said, it was a high point. It's yeah. just everybody else probably looking and said they suck. You know, there's no expectation at that time. The, the year they won it with Rebecca, nobody thought they were going to win it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so many other teams. So we came in with the expectation to win, and we were the first group to do that and understand, like, when you come to Connecticut, Final Four is not enough. Right. And then now I'm here, and I'm like, I'd give anything. Been coaching almost 20 years to just touch the Final Four. I'll go there and lose right now. And, you know, I remember us going to Final Fours and people being like, they suck. You know, how can they? And and, and they're coaches that do this for 40 years and never go. Never get there, yeah. Yeah. Hey, so. You're going in now to, to year two here at Dayton. Take me through what, what the first year at, at Dayton was like for you and now how you've been prepping. Now you've been there for a full year. So you get your team ready for, for this uh, second season under your leadership there. Thank God it's almost Halloween because that's about what it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> it was lots of fire and, and demons and all kind of crazy and witches and, 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 and just crazy craziness. It was a very spooky season. Um, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what um, this program needs to move forward, what type of kid that you want to recruit to start over. I had been in so many places, though, that were start overs. I mean, I had to, that's where I had to kind of think back on my high school team, never really won. So I went to a small Catholic school, like we had to figure it out. Yeah. Um, Connecticut was another space where there wasn't a high level of expectation at the time. They had won once, but nobody was expecting them to take down Tennessee and powerhouses like Georgia and La Tech and LSU and Stanford at that time. They weren't, we weren't mentioned in those spaces quite yet. Um, and then a horrible um, franchise with the Minnesota Lynx. And, you know, I say that now and people be like, no way. It's just like saying, where'd you go to school? And they say, you got, Oh my God, you went to UConn. They weren't saying that 20 years ago, just telling you that right now. And then at Ohio State, we were last in the Big Ten. What type of person do you bring around? What type of person do you hire? What type of kid do you go after? How important is a strength and conditioning coach? And how important is administration in backing you when you take a place over and you're last and you then you win six Big Ten championships in a row? Yeah. Right? And then we go to Kansas, same thing. You know, we I remember we were like WNIT and then nothing forever. Then WNIT and then when I got there, WNIT and then two years later, this week 16, because we bring the right people in. Um, I took over a volatile book of business and insurance. Nobody knows for eight years. I, I I did that and we did great at it. We killed it. We grew it. I was number one in life sales. So there were so many moments where, I mean, Kentucky might've been the only space I walked into and it was moving forward. Mm -hmm. I, back to Penn State might've been the, the, you know, coming into it. Co was trying to get it going after Sandusky. And we have Kamari McDaniel, Lauren Ebo, and McKenna Marisa, all of which were first team after they either transferred, stayed, or moved around. So, you know, I look at Co like, man, if we have one more year, you know, what it looks like. And then, um, you know, Ohio State. And then the Wittenberg situation, same situation, not winning. You get there, you know, what do you need to pull? Where do you meet them halfway? How do you change your mindset of like, are we trying to win 20 wins? Or are we trying to play an NCAA tournament? Yeah. I uh, 
I, I've heard great things. I personally haven't been out there to, to date and to take in the basketball environment, but I've yeah. heard it's really a, a great hotspot. A lot of basketball fans. How, how have you like being out there with that Dayton fan base? It seems to be really passionate about basketball. Yeah, I grew up with. I mean, you got to think most of the play-in games, uh, yeah. the regional games have been here. Uh, all the playing games are here. We just got the bid. Um, they moved the state championship boys and girls from Ohio State to here. Um, it's like I used to tell Sue Bird this all the time, and she never would listen to me. We're the mini mecca of basketball. If you come here, it's a football state, naturally, right? But in Dayton, if you host anything, TBT finals here. Yeah. Well, it's if you host something here, we will sell it out if it's basketball. Our men's basketball team, of course, tickets are sale for two seconds. They're sold out every year, mm-hmm. you know. Um, for us, we draw well, and we sucked last year. And I would go out every year, and I look at my assistant coach and say, "Yeah, are there fans?" Because I wouldn't come. But we were, we were, we were the team that was supposed to lose by twenty or thirty because we lost everything. We had nothing returning that played. I only had two players on my team who played college basketball at all. From our roster in their most games, we only had five or six players, and so. But we were exciting because we were the team that's supposed to lose by 20, and we'd always be in a game with three, two, 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 three minutes left in the game. Don't ask me how. We ended up finishing, you know, we had five players and won some games late. Um, so they love it. They just, they're genuine fans. When I go and do my QA stuff with them, they know the questions to ask. Like they don't ask, like, how do you dribble a basketball? They're like, so we're playing, you know, so and so university, and they rebound the ball well, and they have two post players to lead the conference and score, you know, like stuff they're like into it. Yeah. yeah. They're into it. They know. So it's fun because they're not only a community of fans, they're like a lot of people I know. They're That's like, great. Friends from Bank from. So speaking of the fans, you know the UConn fans, you know they're they're passionate about their basketball. They're very knowledgeable. So help us help us out a little bit. Uh, you know, opening the season against UConn. Give us a little bit of a breakdown of your roster heading into this season and some players uh, that the UConn fans should keep their eyes on. Um, well, I'm excited to come back. I mean, that was probably the second most exciting thing making my decision is coming there during a, a blizzard and being sold out. <laughs> And I still in my dreams here in Mighty Mika, you know, and I looked at my mom and it's young Gino and he's probably saying a lot of swear words. And that's back when he used to sit and you could hear everything. And she looked at me and said, do you really want to come here? And I said, absolutely. You know, um, those are the fans that generate it. And every time I go back, it's it's a special place because of it. Um, on our team this year, we return everybody except um, Sydney Freeman, who was a senior last year to transfer. She just um decided not to do her COVID year. So she's actually working in Fort Wayne back at home. Okay. Everybody else is here. Um, we had a, a kid, Mariah Perez, a post player who's from New Jersey. So I'm sure a lot, a lot of her fans will be there um, for us who had a tremendous year, did not play for three years here, played last year. And she's probably a few um, um, voting points from being uh, most improved in our conference last year. So she will be someone people would definitely need to watch. We have a, another returning player, Ari, Ariana Smith. We call her Nani. She's just my tough nose kid. Gets after it, finishes, and shoot the three ball a little bit. Um, just tough, won't back down to anybody type of kid. Um, was coming back from ACL tear last year. So she only played during conference. She literally came back when she got cleared and started to play. But now oh. she's got to under. Um, she just brings our toughness. She's our Jamel Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, the other one is probably a transfer, Ivy Wolf, who um, came here from University of Miami of Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. Tough call. You can ask Ayanna Patterson about her. Just say Ivy Wolf. <laughs> she torched their AAU team uh, more than once. She's a kid that probably could have definitely gone a lot higher. 
um, once she put herself in the transfer portal, it was like us and then everybody else was power five. That looked to her, just tough kid. Um, and then we have some re really good, fresh, talented freshman class, probably two kids who um, accumulate two post players um, that had every Big Ten offer, some ACC offers, you know, that. So that's always great at my level to have those kids who can get the power five offer, but kind of waver between both. So that's where we kind of sit right now. Have you? I, I know it. We're still a bit a bit out from the game, but when do you start game planning for this UConn team? Because I I know you know Paige coming back is going to be a big storyline. Um, got a lot of other returning players that that are going to make this season really exciting for UConn. Have you started to put some thoughts together for this team yet? No. If <laughs> <laughs> I start watching that, I'll be probably watching it for the rest of the for the rest of the month until we play and drive myself crazy. <laughs> I mean, you got you got a lot of. I mean, I watch them play, of course. So, yeah. I mean, the turn of page is going to be everything. You know, I think there will be more eyes on that game for that, and that is Connecticut than you know my players. I, I get that part. You know, I've been on both ends of that stick. So, um, I'm just happy the kids healthy, honestly, and yeah, and, and hope she can get through a season. I mean, to beat, but that was the. Let me tell you something. If coach, if coach didn't tell him about the Nikisha Sell story. Now you got the page sour story. It's not a story that, you know, that they would ever want to live through again. Yeah. Never take anything for granted. You know, I talked to my players about that. Um, AZ was hurt a lot last year in and out. So, yeah, you know, I'm sure she's a lot healthier. I mean, I've, I've KK, KK Arnold's a Midwest kid. Um, so I know, like, she is going to play a lot of minutes. I mean, I'm sure Coach loves her. She loves to be Coach Hart. She's an area kid. She's mm -hmm. um from Ohio. So um, I know her parents and I know her sister and her sister still teaches here. So I've seen that kid grow up and I know that's his type of kid. I haven't watched him play or anything, but I know yeah. he's going to be drawn to her like a magnet. That's his type of kid. Um, so um, and then, you know, you got everybody else. You got Aubrey back, some, you know, someone who's super athletic, who knows how to play in her space, who's gotten better. Um, Carol, who uh, what's her name? Descharme or whatever, who's yeah. probably going to be healthy. So he's got some pieces that um, are just probably going to be healthy for the first time in a long time and together and good. <laughs> so exactly. um, for us is the experience of, you know, playing at the XL center. Um, I don't know what it holds, if it's the same or if they've renovated, but it's going to be closer to 20 than it is to 10. Yeah. Um, you don't, what people understand, you don't really get that anywhere until you get to like an elite eight game. Mm -hmm. If um, because don't nowhere in the country can generate that that many people that often. Um, so it's a different type of roar. Um, you know, when I played there, there were no um student fans. Now you have a you know, you have a student section, and that always adds some entertainment. Um, and then you have a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, yeah. you know, the last time I walked in that building, he wasn't in the hall, he was he was probably in the uh, Norristown uh Hall of Fame, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And now he's he's a bona fide um, a bona fide Hall of Famer in every right. So um, to see the evolution of that and see how people respond when you say you go there was everything I wanted um, when I said yes to him twenty plus years ago. It's just great to see that he's still carrying it on now. Yeah, I, I'll wrap with this one for you. Um, you talked about how you're always uh, still talking with CD. You get to go up against both her and Gino this this year. The whole staff is there. JJ, Tyler, <laughs> CD, and Coach. Not just two of them. You brought all four back for me. Thank you for doing it. So what's what, what's it what's it going to be like to be uh, on the opposing sideline uh, going up against that group? 
I'm just going to hate him for like a month and then I'll start talking. <laughs> and you got Morgan. Morgan was my roommate. I mean, you talk about that's why I wore 20 because at that time we didn't know if Morgan Valley would be able to play again because she think her feet were so bad. She ended up being able to, you know, after we graduated. But that's why I wore pick 20 when I was a pro. That's, you know, you see her and say, but, but she's going to say, you've been talking to Tamika if you call her, but, but so there's just certain situations. There's certain people who are still there on that staff. And you right now, just by the nature of everything that's happened, they're my everything. They, they were my college career. And um, so there will definitely be some emotion there to start. Um, But they also taught me to fight and to play hard and to dominate and to grab rebounds and elbow people in the face and run the floor hard. And, you know, I just hope after the game, coach goes, man, that team is tough, you know, or they play hard or something um, that I can hold on to them. And what a better experience to give. I have a a four person um, freshman class and one new uh, transfer to be your first experience as a freshman. I don't know if that's good or bad, right. Um, To play in front of a crowd, to play with coach players that, against players that you've been watching on TV, right? We don't get yeah. ESPN, you and three, you know, um, what better experience to start out with um, for a high mid-major program like Dayton? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well coach, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to come on. I know everyone's excited to see you and your team uh, back in Connecticut. It, it, it should be a fun one to, to open the season here. So thank you so much for the time and best of luck to you and your team this year. Thank you so much. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.